Up World. It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Make sure you tell them Locked On sent you while you're there. Today's episode is also another edition of Special Delivery Mailbag. It's our spillover mailbag. Our, it's our special delivery mailbag. We do a mailbag show each week. Uh, I record it on Mondays, post it on Tuesdays. It's Mailbag Monday. But sometimes, quite frankly, always these days, the mailbag's just too big, cannot be contained in one episode. So we take those extra questions, gather them up, and we we put them here in the special delivery edition. Same deal as the Monday as the Mailbag Monday episodes. You I, you can send me a tweet at Mike G. Rich or watch the skies Monday morning. I send out a tweet soliciting your questions. If you answer, if you respond to that tweet, I'll do my best to get you in one of the shows. If you're not a Twitter user or just someone who doesn't tweet, you can send me an email locked on blazerspot at gmail.com. Those are the two ways to get involved. Uh, mailbags are a bunch of fun. I we're doing two of them uh, because there's demand for two of them. So I, I appreciate all of you that uh, that are sending in questions. And without further ado, the first question comes from Peter, who asks: I hear a lot of national commentators talking about how Norman Powell's a clear update for upgrade for the Blazers offensively, but that we're going to miss Gary Trent Jr.'s defense. As far as I know, most stats haven't painted Gary's defense as particularly favorable this year. By the eye test, he clear, he certainly seems to try, but I don't personally see overwhelming amounts of defensive skill to back up that effort. Is Gary really a defensive plus, like so many people seem to believe? Do you see Norman Powell as being a defensive downgrade in our system? Seems like a lot of people are painting this move as a trade-off, but other than Gary's bird rights, I have a hard time seeing... What we actually gave up in the trade with lots of love to Rodney Hood and his family. I like that last part because we, they did indeed give up Rodney Hood, NBA basketball player. So I think in general, uh, if you if you're a regular listener to this podcast, Peter, that I agree with you. Um, I think they're pretty much they're kind of it's lateral defensively. Like Trent has the makings of a good defender, and he was a better on ball defender in in a uh, albeit a smaller sample size um, last season. I mean, he was he was a competitive on ball defender, but the Blazers were a horrific like overall defense in the bubble. And then that kind of carried over this year, but I don't think he was as good defensively this season as he was last year. Just, just watching him. I think he was, you know, going under screens when he shouldn't being a little too aggressive and in situations, trying to get after people fouling on, you know, 30 feet from the rim, maybe, maybe just not staying in sort of like the, the full on game plan or, or just kind of, you know, just being, being over aggressive um, in situations where he didn't need to be. I don't think Gary Trent is like doomed to be a terrible defender. His, his, for his career, he might even end up, end up being a really, good one uh i just right now he's he's not quite there so i i agree with you i don't think um norm is not a great defender either uh he has some defensive playmaking ability he's got good hands um occasionally come away with you know, just a straight up rip you know cookies at midcourt type of steal uh but he's not like a shutdown guy and he's uh even a little smaller than Gary Trent Jr. Just height wise, he's got longer arms, so maybe make up for it there. But yeah, I, in general, I think I think you're correct, Peter, that it's not a downgrade defensively, and that uh, Gary Trent Jr. has a defensive reputation, and that isn't true. But uh, as listener Doctor J pointed out, one of the big things that the Blazers gave up with, or or that the Raptors acquired rather in this trade was. Not just the Gary Trent's bird rights, but the much smaller cap hold. Uh, they'll go into the offseason instead of with the you know the the right to pay Norman Powell or the the uh, they'll have the right to play Gary Trent Jr. But also his cap hold is like two million bucks, so they will have a bunch more cap space. And if they let Kyle Lowry walk as well, they will have you know a whole 
all of a sudden a bunch more cap space to to retool and, and add add a high level player to that team where if, if they kept Norman Powell his his cap hold's going to be much larger because he's a 10 million a year guy and now you're um now they if they wouldn't have that room to uh to sign a big sign a big time free agent they'd still have some cap space because of Kyle Lowry's large contract but with with Gary there, that's another added value for them. Uh, the, the Raptors just want to get younger. Like they're just, that's the direction they went. Um, Gary Trent Jr. might end up being better than Norman Powell, but Norman Powell is sort of better today. I think that's undeniable. Speaking of Norman Powell, we just got a lot of Norman Powell questions in the mailbag this week. And here's another one from Jesse who asks, well, Jesse sent a long email kind of pushing back against my concern that maybe Norman Powell isn't a perfect fit next to Damian Lord and CJ McCollum as a small forward. And Jesse offers the following uh, sort of piece of evidence. Why can't Norman Powell be like an Eric Gordon when the Rockets had CP3 and James Harden? That seemed to work, and Gordon was often like the third leading scorer off the bench while the other two staggered minutes. When we had Gary Trent Jr., and this point was made, my mind went with Harden off the bench with Westbrook and Kevin Durant. So, yeah, I think, um, I, I do think Norman Powell can fit next to um, Dame and CJ. Like, I don't, um, that's, that isn't necessarily my concern here. My concern here is just, um, if, if you, using the example of the Rockets, right? Like, they had a bunch of other big, big, long, switchy wings. They didn't play a traditional center, so they were able to kind of switch and keep guys in front. But they had Luke Richard and Bamute, and they had Trevor Booker, or Trevor Booker. <laughs> They wish they had Trevor Ariza, they had PJ Tucker, they had Daniel House. They like they had these sort of longer, rangier wings. So when you brought Eric Gordon in in that sort of three guard lineup, you were still switching everything and staying with this rangy look. It's not sort of apples to apples because of the way the Blazers play and because of just that defensive scheme. Kind of the Blazers' defensive scheme kind of demands like a a, a true someone true wing to guard the biggest the biggest wings in the league um the rockets were a really like really smart really together defensive team with all their switching like they were that they were a, just a good defensive team the blazers aren't quite that um but in general i, I don't think you're wrong like my concern and, and jesse brought, brought this up in his email i just didn't read this part is that it was basically like none of these guys are are big enough to guard lebron or strong enough to guard lebron and i think that's like kind of where i end up is like I don't think Norm can really guard Luka Doncic. I don't think he can guard uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul Pierce for long periods of time. I don't think he can guard LeBron James at all. But during the regular season, he fits really well. Um, there's there's plenty of proof that three-guard lineups work in the league. I mean, Oklahoma City last year made the playoffs playing three-point guards a whole bunch. Uh, you can you can be a pretty darn good team and, and stay relatively small on the wing. You, it's, you're not going to get punished with it. I just, my concern here and what, what, what I've, why I've kind of brought it up is that like, when you get to the playoffs, you're going to play these teams with elite wings, and the Blazers still haven't sort of answered that question of who is going to guard that spot. Robert Covington looks game for it, although he's better as a help defender than a point of attack defender. Derek Jones Jr. has taken on that responsibility. He's he is um, by some by some measurements uh, guards you know some of the heaviest heaviest load in terms of high usage players in the other team of any of any player in the league. So he'll be the guy. Um, it's just like can you if you if you commit. What I'm saying here is if you commit long-term money to Norman Powell, you kind of are accepting that, that you will have some weaknesses, and then you have to address those weaknesses with the rest of the roster. 
I think it can work. Like, I think this is a good, like, I don't think you saw it. I don't think Norman Powell here as a rental is a good idea. I think Norman Powell under a multi-year contract is more, is more valuable, even if you have to overpay him, like just for like how the Blazers are going to improve the roster. I think you just, you just pay, you, you go, you go into the tax, you are expensive. Like you keep talent on the team. I just, um, there's just part of me and I, I've, I, I'm sure I'll say it again is like, it just, the team will have limitations with with that group, right? Like if you play Dame and CJ and a six foot three guy at small forward, you're you're just going to have limitations. And then you've got so you have to make other roster decisions to maybe address those limitations. But the idea that Powell can't play next to them, I think is um I don't think it, I just I don't think it'll be a factor in the regular season. I don't. I think Blazers will be good with that group in the regular season and the very small sample size. You're listening to this um I'm recording this before the Blazers have played the Bucks. I'm recording this on, on Thursday. The Blazers have played Milwaukee on Friday, so maybe that will give us another data point. But like, um, they've been a lot better with Norm in the lineup in a very, very small sample size against bad teams. So uh, it's you know, there's something to suggest that they're that they'll be fine with it. And I think during the regular season, when scouting reports aren't, aren't as specific and the night to night talent isn't as high of, at high of a level, it'll be fine. It's not a big deal. It's like this. My concerns are only about winning at the highest level and whether Norman Powell answers the questions of how do you win at the highest level. I'm not in fa- I'm in favor of keeping him on the roster and 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 giving it a shot and all these things, but um, those are my concerns and why I've brought them up. Um, <laughs> I will note on the Harden and Westbrook and KD thing, um, as soon as Harden got good, he got traded. They literally <laughs> had basically one run together and then... They made the NBA Finals in 2012, and he wanted more ball, more money, more role, and he got shown the door. So uh, it's not always easy. Ain't always easy. Uh, different era now, though. Nine years later, totally different era. Totally, uh, it's it's just it's a it's a different beast. All right, let's come back in the second segment, answer more of your questions. But first, let's talk about Sport Trade. Y'all heard of Sport Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing, really. It's Sport Trade takes fantasy to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your sports knowledge. Making money with Sports Trade is Sport Trade is simple as players value rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. And two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick the that penny stock and a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today, sporttrade.com, and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sporttrade.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com, the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. While you're there, you'll see they got everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, even new carpet. And whether it's your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. 
And the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. So you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And best of all, it's those prices because at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to do that. Instead, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. So follow Locked On Today wherever you already get podcasts. All right, we talked a lot about Norman Powell in the first segment. It's been Norman Powell heavy mailbag week for, for obvious reasons. Everyone likes a shiny new part, but let's talk about some shiny old parts. Actually, let's talk about some nonsense to start this one out. Randy Powell at RandyPowell625 on Twitter asks, Would you rather fight Nurk who had sharks for arms or 50 first grader sized Nurks? So this one isn't hard for me. One of the dudes is 7 feet tall, 300 pounds with shark arms, and the other is like 50, 2 and a half foot individuals um give me give me the first graders the 300 pounder with shark arms is not a good trade-off um obviously 50 first graders is a lot i am one i am one short man um, i'm probably gonna lose that fight but like at, at least i'll be able to fight for a little bit i don't randy i don't understand the trade-off this is a weird either or it's an obvious one give me the first graders next question comes from alex k who asks Derek jones jr has given us a lot of memorable dunks this season since you've started covering the blazers i want to know your favorite what your favorite dunk has been my favorite blazers dunk ever is the dame spin move to poster against the nuggets in game one last year yeah he 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 got mason plumley so a couple a couple that comes to mind or the one that comes to mind immediately was before i was around the team but it was that month in february of 2011 where lamarcus aldridge was like the best player in the nba and he uh andre Miller threw him a lob and he crammed all over Andrew Bogut in the Bucks, like just absolutely monster dunk one handed off the lob. Um, that was, it was, it was sort of the Marcus one Western conference player of the month. It was a sort of celebration of how, how gosh darn good he was. Uh, it had Andre Miller. It had Andrew Bogut getting dunked on, which is always a joy. Um, so yeah, that, that one was comes to mind, but I wasn't around the team then. Um, I was, I was covering high school sports. Uh, I was I was around the TV a lot watching the team, but I was uh, I was on a different beat at the time. So my favorite dunk since I've been around the team is against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves run the other way, and Corey Brewer looks like he's going to posterize poor Thomas Robinson. Thomas Robinson blocks the shot at the rim. They run the other way. Wesley Matthews gets it and throws a lob up to. Uh, Will Barton, who kind of cocks it back and dunks with one hand. It's incredible. Just the, such a fun sequence. Uh, Will Barton later said in the locker room <laughs> to Thomas Robinson once, remember that time we got crunk? <laughs> I will never forget the time y'all got crunk, Will. Um, also, T-Rob got a tech because he was cussing out Corey Brewer after the block. It was awesome. Uh, an all-time great sequence. Uh, one of my One of my absolute favorites. Nicholas asks, rank the Blazers jersey this season, including the earned edition. I'm not going to I'm not going to skimp out on the jerseys, Nicholas. If you tell me to rank the jerseys, you're getting all of them. 
real quick before I get into this, because I, I got my list ready, but th- they have stupid names, as Nicholas noted. Um, so I'm going to give you the, the actual name, and then I'm going to describe the jersey a little bit. Number one, the best jersey is the Icon jersey. That is the the what would be the road jersey. That's the black jersey with the sash across the middle. The, the black jersey is just classic. I love it. Number two is the association jersey. That's their white, uh, typical home jersey back when that was a typical thing. Uh, you know, just classic. Uh, love the sash. Love love the Blazers. I, I don't, maybe I don't love the new font as much as I've loved some other fonts, but those two jerseys, fantastic. Icon association, great. Number three, statement jersey. That's the red jersey with the kind of like tire mark sash. Um, I don't love the sash. I don't love the Jordan maker's mark on the, uh, on part of it, but every team in the league statement Jersey includes the Jordan maker's mark. It's, it's good. Um, it could be a little bit better, but it's still, it's still a really, a really nice looking Jersey blazers and all red is a good look. Uh, number four is the city edition Jersey. I didn't think I was going to like these Brown jerseys at all. I don't know how I feel about them wearing Oregon on the Jersey. That's supposed to be for the city. That is a little bit strange, but whatever. That's just stupid naming conventions from Nike. I don't blame the blazers for that. I don't think any team should wear Brown. Like what the hell is that? Um, but these jerseys aren't, aren't bad like the shorts on the moan on their own are cool um i i thought i was going to hate them but seeing them play in them live they've kind of grown on me a little bit so uh, yeah they're my fourth favorite jersey and the fifth one is the earned jersey i made this joke on twitter but these look like the what like the ghost of blazers past wears when they come visit you it's just a lazy ass jersey um they the blazers have a lot of classics like they have so many classic looks just wear a classic look i don't know if you can if you can do a throwback with the earned jerseys it's probably some sort of like nike marketing rules but yeah uh that's that's i don't like the gray ones at all they just look like they just look like spurs jerseys or like the blazers are playing like as the oakland raiders or something it's not for me uh so to recap black white red brown gray next question Comes from Andy, who asks, so Moses Brown is averaging 8-8 eight and eight in 16 games with OKC while the Blazers have kept an empty roster spot all season long. Is there any reason we fans shouldn't be pretty frustrated by this? I know Brown's emergence is pretty unexpected, but to not even give him a chance when we had a roster, fo- roster spot feels extremely careless. Yeah, I mean, the Blazers don't give a shit about two-way contracts. They don't, there's... There's no other way to put it. They do not give a shit about it. Um, Kelgen Blevins is clearly not part of Terry Stotts' plan. Even when he clears the bench, Kelgen Blevins doesn't get in here. Dude was a backup in the G League last year. Um, he's He's got a spot because he is Damian Lillard's cousin. It's due to nepotism. It's okay to, to do that. It is okay to do the franchise player solid, but it also is what it is. This is, um, he would not be in the NBA without the Blazers kindness. Um, not, not signing another two way spot. I know that Neil, um, well, I know, there was some reporting from Jason quick or his kind of Jason's opinion on it, which, um, was that the, the, Bla- the, the Bla- there's not really a reason to sign that. I saw I read that in the athletic and I got to say, I wholeheartedly disagree. Some of the reasoning was that if you have, you know, if a bunch of dudes get COVID, but your two way guys don't, you have to play a game with two way guys. Well, um, that's like, that's like just like sort of disaster reasoning that doesn't make sense to me. Um, my reasoning would be when Robin Lopez is kicking your ass in a random game at home and you don't have any other tall people on the roster, what a wonderful time to have another tall person. Um, the, um, the other reason would just be like injuries happen. The Blazers have been shorthanded all year. Having more options to improve the team is better. There's no f- like real financial restrictions. It doesn't count against the salary cap, but it's not how Neil does it. He just doesn't give a shit about two-way contracts. Like he doesn't care about them. Um, Terry wouldn't play those guys anyways. Like they wouldn't be part of the regular, they wouldn't be part of the regular rotation. So there's kind of, um, it's kind of like moot, right? Because like, even if they're on the roster, they would never play. But 
having the opportunity seems like the most responsible way to build a roster. And Moses Brown, um, while he was really bad when he played for the Blazers last year, and then they didn't even invite him to the bubble. He was that bad. Um, but he he's he's broken out. Uh, I will say this: like Oklahoma City and and the Portland Trailblazers have different goals. OKC is trying to lose and develop develop guys and and develop guys first, I should say, and then maybe lose as a byproduct. They have since signed uh, Moses Brown to a multi-year non-guaranteed deal, a truly predatory contract from the Sam Hinkie era, one of the true terrible holdovers from the process era. But congratulations to Moses Brown. Um, so I don't I don't think Moses Brown would play here. He wouldn't get the opportunity. But like I don't. Fans should be frustrated by the Blazers' refusal to do this. Um, it, it's not going to impact wins and losses, really, but it's like uh, every other team in the league, there's only one other open two-way spot in the league. Virtually you know, 28 other NBA franchises have found a reason to use both two-way spots. It's not like It's not like other good teams don't do this. Almost everyone in the league does this. The Blazers just don't. They're still a really good team, but it's not their style. And Moses Brown was on the team last year. Clearly, they're good at recognizing talent. It's just like, you know, don't don't give not even don't give up on it because that's not the Blazers problem. It's just like, don't poo poo this G League thing like they don't they do not care about it. And um, it's to me leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because it seems somewhat um just defiant for the reason for just like stubborn and defiant for for being stubborn and defiant for no other reason next question comes from adam adam nakamura at adam naka 28 on twitter who asks since the blazers defense has been lacking at times can you draft your all defensive five from the current and past blazers no problem adam you love these uh, all-time teams you've 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 tasked me with doing them and i'm back for another one uh absolute no-brainer starting as center bill walton um there's just there just wasn't another option. Um, starting at four, we'll go with Buck Williams, an all-defensive all team performer when, in, in the early 90s with the Blazers. Uh, you're really going to get out and run with this group. At three, we'll go Scottie Pippen. Um, he was not Scottie Pippen necessarily like, you know, um, the Scottie Pippen you know from, from the 90s or if you're a little bit younger, Scottie Pippen you know from the uh, Last Dance documentary that, that aired last spring. Um, but he was he was still made an all-defensive team in, in, in 2000-2001. Like, he's, he's, he's really good. He was really good even then. He, can, he could guard, at least in that era, he could guard point guards. I think it might change a little bit. But he's a, he was a disruptive and really good defender. So Scottie's going to be the three. At, at point guard, we're going to go with Lionel Hollins. He was an all-defensive first-team performer in 1978. Um... I, you know, I, I've watched a bunch of documentaries and read, obviously, Breaks of the Game and, and, and other, other stories about the sort of era of basketball, but I was not um, watching Lionel Hollins play. So I'm mostly judging this off reputation and what I've read about him. Um, I, I can't claim strongly on this one. So at the two, I couldn't really decide who would be my two. Some, some sort of, I, I, I guess I would go small with this or go really big rather with this group and just kind of play Scottie Pippen as like a hybrid shooting guard. Um, so my options here are Robert Covington or Stacey Ogman. My gut says Stacey Ogman, but out of, uh, to, to honor your, your request for current Blazers, I'm going to go Robert Covington starts as like the three. Scotty is kind of the three, but he's going to guard. We're going to ask him to guard twos. Uh, another name, like six, six man on this list. We're going Theo Ratliff, my dude. Um, he shot blocking shot blocker extraordinaire in the early two thousands with the Blazers. All right, let's come back in the third segment, answer more of your questions to close out this special delivery edition of our mailbag show. But first let's talk about built bar. Y'all know built bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. 
comes in 18 amazing flavors, all of which are covered in 100% chocolate. It's low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. So there's more ad copy here, but I'm going to read from an an actual text message sent to my phone this week. Uh, I was talking about this in a group text with some of my neighbors and very close friends. And my wife was in the group text and they were saying, they listened to the podcast and they're like, Mike, are Bill Bars good? Like, are you, are you just selling us on these? Are Bill Bars good? And my wife chimed in here and, and wrote the following. I have worked my way through an embarrassing number of protein bars in my life. And these are truly one of the best, maybe the actual best. There you go. That's like a, that's a real life person, uh, unsolicited telling, telling friends how good built bars are. I can't, I cannot, there are no better ads than that one. So go get yourself some of these. The promo code is locked 15. You get 15% off at builtbar.com. That's locked 15. You get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. Episodes also brought to you by bet online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA games every night, MLB started today, got baseball you can bet on, college basketball's final four in both the men's and women's tournaments, NHL games each and every evening, and if you don't want to bet on sports, there's reality TV and award shows you can place wagers on, they got real-time updated odds, props on almost anything you can imagine, got you covered for real-time news and scores as well, it's just the best place to bet and it's free to sign up so head on over to their website betonline.ag and sign up today using the promo code locked on and you'll receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag the promo code is locked on and you'll get 50 a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts still a pass first point guard Still Mike Richmond, and you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked on NBA Draft podcast. Get scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of the Final Four from credentialed experts who know their stuff. So follow Locked on NBA Draft on the Odyssey app or wherever you already get podcasts. All right, let's close out the show with more of your questions on this special delivery edition of the Mailbag Show. This next question comes from Eric, who asks, let's say Neil Olshay thinks Norman Powell's an excellent fit with CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, and he plays really well with those guys for the rest of the year. So the he here is a little bit confusing, but I'm going to guess it's Norman Powell, not Neil, because I feel like Neil's probably pretty good at basketball, like in terms of like sort of like 50-year-old dudes who play pickup, but Norman Powell is a better fit with Damian CJ. Eric continues, if that's the case, do you see Portland not doing very much this following offseason? If they decide to commit and re-sign Norm, let's say Neil thinks this team is exactly what he thinks could compete for a title next year with Norm playing well alongside CJ and Dame, and he's high on Zach coming back healthy and contributing and Nurk stays healthy. Do you think if this same team runs it back next year and Norm fits in great, there's a realistic shot at making a title run? Because I could definitely see Neil not making any additions in the offseason because he really believes in what this team could be. Joey Pushk at BlazerFan000 on Twitter asks, is there any chance this team can stay together for next season if the front office feels like this team is close to a chip? Listen, everybody, everyone's buying into the to the norm era, or maybe they're, they're thinking, is this the era? So we'll talk about sort of what I think this team's like realistic 
heights could be in a second. But um, let's just talk about sort of what the offseason might look like. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., player option for next year, 9.7. You would assume he he would pick that up, but that's it's uncertain. Um, Zach Collins, a free agent. The Blazers will have to decide what they um, want to offer him in the open market. I don't think they're going to be a lot of competing offers. I think it's going to be a small, maybe like one-year deal with a prove-it, non-guaranteed deal the next year. You know, can he stay healthy? Can he contribute? All those things. So those those two are big ones. Norman Powell, he's got an 11.6 million player option. He's he's opting out of that and he's getting paid. That beeping you hear is the Brinks truck backing up to his apartment. He probably has a condo. Uh, and his cancer, free agent, uh, Blazers will be able to resign him. I don't know that there is a, a a sort of like screaming need for backup centers with Enes Cantor's skill set, but he's he's good. Like he's a he's a good basketball player. Um, I don't think he's like going to come back on the super cheap, but but he's he's playing for five million bucks this year, and I think that's sort of about his range. So the but the Blazers will they'll be able to bring him back um, if if they so choose. But he's he's a big question, um, and they will have to kind of navigate what his market might be like. The other big free agent is Carmelo Anthony. He's, you know, he signed on a, a minimum deal this year. Uh, there would be no issues with bringing back on a minimum deal. Harry Giles, uh, I, I kind of think he's gone, so see you later. Uh, no one else is is necessarily going to be a free agent. Damian Lord, CJ McCollum, Robert Covington on the roster. Anthony Simons and Nazir Little on the roster. Yusuf Nurkic, uh, in theory, his his contract is not guaranteed, but he's going to be on the roster. There's no reason to cut him cut him loose early. So it's it's really just what norm gets paid but we're we're assuming for this exercise that the blazers give him a bunch of money he comes back whether dj opts in we're going to assume he comes back too so it's it's zach ennis and carmelo anthony so the idea it's not like they're going to do nothing as sort of um as as eric says but they're they're going to do very little i think is is actually the language he used here and i think i think that's right so the question is is this group as currently constructed and like plus healthy zach collins a championship level team and part of me thinks like my gut says no right like cuz i i've and i've been saying this like the the bar for winning a championship is unreasonably high who are the teams most favored to win a championship right now? It's the team in Brooklyn that has MVP James Harden, former MVP and surefire Hall of Famer, one of the best 15 players in probably the history of the league, Kevin Durant, and their third best player is somehow Kyrie Irving. That's good. It's a good, good roster there. Uh, they've got some other parts that make sense. They've got some other parts that don't make sense, but like that top-end talent is wild. In the West, the... Title favorites, uh, you know, if healthy, are going to be the Lakers, who have the best player of his generation, maybe the best player in the history of the sport in LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, who is at worst, like, the seventh best player in the NBA. So, like, the the bar for winning a title is, like, two of the best 10 players in the league or two of the best 12 players in the league, and then, like, really useful defensive parts behind them or in the in the Nets case really useful offensive parts behind them I don't think even with the addition of Norman Powell and even with how well CJ has played this year and he has been really good and he's starting to look like that really good basketball player again uh kind of getting getting his feet under him and looking better the last couple games like he's really good I'm I'm not taking away from him but what he isn't is like one of the 10 best players in the league or has like sort of a route to be one of the best players in the league there was a really interesting interview with uh CJ earlier this the earlier this month I saw maybe last week where he said like I might never make an all-star game but I know I'm nice 
and I know the the players in the in the league respect me, so I'm I'm happy, I'm comfortable with, with where I'm at. Like he knows he's good, but he also kind of like he accepts and not like accepts that he's he's uh, not at that level, but like knows that the sort of uh, the all star level players he might not ever be one of them in terms of like how the voting works, and that isn't a knock on him. I think actually that type of like realism is like really really refreshing. That type of honesty and, and self awareness is really refreshing. He's really freaking good. He doesn't need necessarily to make an all star team to know he's really freaking good. But he's also not one of the one of the fifteen best players in the NBA, and the idea that he could be that seems far fetched. Is anyone else on the roster headed in that direction? Nurk, almost certainly not. Like unless something, unless he turns into Joel Embiid somehow. Uh, you know, Zach Collins is. It doesn't. While he's while he could be a really useful player, he's not the sort of like roster altering player. Norman Powell's really good. One of the players I I, I truly love <laughs> watching in this league because of his, his sort of mix of confidence, shooting, and athleticism. But. He's, you know, one of the 150 best players in the league or something like that. Like, it's just, I think this team could be really good. And um, a lot of their sort of championship hopes fall on how how good Dame can be for how long. Um, and I don't mean that like years. I mean that months. Like, can Dame play at a super elite level for the sort of mental and physical toll it takes for 10 weeks of the playoffs? And um, that's a lot to ask him after surviving the, how long the, uh, the regular season is and what he has to do to get the Blazers in position to be there. I don't I don't mean to say the Blazers can't win a championship. Like, I'm not I'm not here to tell that like I don't know um we're three games into the Norman Powell era we're two games into the Norman Powell playing alongside Damian Lillard era like we don't know but if you're asking me to pick and predict like I think the bar to win a championship in the NBA is unreasonably and probably unfairly high for a team like Portland and with this group all together all healthy i just don't see them as a championship level team i see them as a really really good team like a western conference finals team uh, like a, a you know r- really good and i think there should be something i wish that like the rings culture was such that like you could say yeah i think they're one of the top 5 teams in the nba and that would be like hell yeah instead it's like well they failed and how can they how can they solve this um i don't i can't change that and i, I and i don't it is what it is like rings culture championship or bust mentality is true. Um, it's undeniable, but like, I think the Blazers have built a really good team. I think they built a really good team that can be competitive this season and next. If the, if the group stays together for the most part, I think sustained success is something that's really hard to do in sports and the Blazers have had it, but I don't think this group, even with like, everyone gets 2% better or whatever. Like what's, I don't know, like a reasonable improvement level. Everyone gets 7% better in the off season. Even then, like, is this, is that a championship level team? Like, I, I don't think so. I think what you have is a really awesome team. And I think one of the hard parts of maybe rooting for a team stuck with the Blazers are, is that the path to championship is probably impossible, but but also the steps you take, the responsible steps you take to, you know, cash in your chips at the right time and build a, build this functional core to even be a competitive team is so hard. There's so many teams in the league that would love to be like sort of have the Blazers problems, which is like really freaking good, but not at that top tier level. So like I, I just... I don't mean to sound defeatist. I wish I could, I wish I really, what I want to sound is like, I want to sound the trumpets. I want to celebrate. Like it's, it's okay to be okay. Like they built a good team and, and, and it's, 
I wish as fans we were capable of enjoying being pretty damn good for as long as this team has been, but I understand that you can't, and I understand the goal is championship as stated by the players on the frickin' roster, as stated by Damian Lillard himself. So I'm not trying to diminish their plans or their goals either. I'm just recognizing that I look at this roster and I look at the sort of level to win a championship that it would take, and I say, no, I don't. I don't think Norman Powell, Damon, CJ gets you there. I don't even think Nurk at his absolute best gets you there. Um, it's, I I just, I have to be realistic. I, I, I try to be as honest as I can in this space, and that's how I honestly feel. That's going to do it for this edition of special delivery mailbag. Uh, thanks to all who, who contribute. I really appreciate it. That's those who send in questions and those who just listen along. If you want your question on the show, tweet at me at Mike G. Rich. Or send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com is the address. We got a fun guest next week, Nate Duncan of the Dunked On Podcast. And the Hollinger and Duncan Show right here on this network is joining the podcast. So look look for that next week. We'll do a mailbag Monday that posts on Tuesday. Blazers play uh, Milwaukee and Oklahoma City on Friday and Saturday. So look for on Sunday's show or posting on Sunday, Monday's show, uh, reacting to those two games, what we learned about playing a really good Milwaukee team and how they looked against OKC. Uh, it's a it's fun week. Fun fun week in Blazerland, fun season in Blazerland. Things are getting going. 25 games left, left in the season. It's time to find out how good this team is. I'm excited to I'm excited to watch it with you. But do me a favor, tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. Be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. Y'all heard of sport trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's an amazing new platform that allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your sports knowledge. Making money with sport trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. And two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock and a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sporttrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sporttrade.com.